Now, the money I paid her for those four or five hours to get my four weeks back, well, amazing. So do have that work-life balance. Bring in some exercise so that you are moving around because there is way too many coaches that are not looking after themselves. So please, don't you add to that list. Welcome to Small Business Talk for Coaches with Kathy Smith. This podcast is the ultimate resource for coaches looking to transform their coaching passion into a thriving business. Kathy Smith began a journey as a marketing professional in 2001 and has helped thousands of businesses to grow. Kathy specializes in helping coaches and is dedicated to showing you how to get your first clients and then many more. If you are ready to take your coaching practice to the next level, then you are in the right place. Whether you are just starting your coaching journey or you're an experienced coach not seeing the results you desire, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to Small Business Talk for Coaches, episode 225. Last week we talked about goals for growth, about how to set goals and make sure that those goals are going to serve you. We also talked about avoiding the shiny object syndrome, those things that may have gobbled up your cash flow last year. So having a look at that and making sure that's not going to continue with things that don't serve you and you're no longer using. We also talked about prioritising yourself. The airlines have got it so right. Put the oxygen on yourself before you help others. And as coaches, we can get depleted quite easily. So make sure that you are doing that. So today's topic I thought would be a good follow-on from that. And it's about prioritizing your time, making sure that your time is the most useful that you can make it. So let's have a look and see what we can help you with there. Time management is really critical for coaches not only for maintaining your day and making sure you get through the things that you really want to and need to, but also for maintaining the relationship with your clients. It's nothing worse when you've allocated an hour for something and it's just not winding up and it ends up running late time after time. That's not a good use of people's time. It's not a good use of your time and it's also not a good use of your client's time. And then they get sloppy. They get to know that you're going to run late. And then that can become a cascading effect. So making sure that you are sticking to a time. And if it runs early, then maybe it's just a check-in with them. Is there anything else that we can help on this call? Is there any other topics you need to discuss in the 10 minutes we have left? And quite often, busy people will say, no, got what I needed today. Thank you very much. And then you can move on. Make sure that you use that time efficiently too. And it might be just (sighs) taking a breath and getting some downtime. It doesn't have to be filled with something else that's busy. A great tool for coaches is the Eisenhower matrix. It's where I'm sure you've all seen it, straight down the middle vertically and then straight across horizontally. Then you mark it into four quadrants the urgent and important, the not important and urgent, the not urgent and important. And then that fourth quadrant is neither not important or urgent. 
There's lots of information that you can find out about the eyes and how, but basically you look into those four quadrants and put the things that you need to have in there and then discard totally the not urgent and not important because they are not a good use of your time. Quite often with the others, you can think about delegating. Bookkeeping is a really good example. If you're not a great bookkeeper, then is that a good use of your time? I know when I very first started my business, I was spending all my summer holidays doing my books. It would take me three or four weeks to get it all up to date. My first bookkeeper, I had this shoebox full of stuff and I said to her, oh, I think there's about two weeks worth of work there. After about three or four hours, she came back and said, where's the rest of it? She'd done it all. Now, the money I paid her for those four or five hours to get my four weeks back, well, amazing. And I've never done my books since then. So if you're a bookkeeper, obviously it's a different story, but then you might not want to do your own books either. As coaches, bookkeeping's generally not our forte. We're more creative souls or compassionate souls. So being able to delegate your bookkeeping to a professional bookkeeper that knows what they're doing, quite often they know legislation changes as well. They know things that you need to be keeping up to date on. They know the current state of things in the money world that you may not. So it's really worth investing. And delegating is a great way to move some of those things out of your important and urgent, or it could be not or urgent, but important, because we've got to make sure that our books are up to date so that we don't end up with unexpected tax bills that we didn't know were coming. The ABCD method's another great way to do it, and that's really simple. You put the things into A, B, C, or D on priority, and the A's are for the most important thing. So you can't put 10 things into A. If you've got 10 most important things, maybe you have to go back to the Eisenhower and make sure that you're categorizing them into the correct things. If they really are the most important things, can you delay them a little bit? Can they be most important next week, not this week? So thinking about most important, for each day you only want one most important thing then you might have a couple of next most important things and then so on and so on. And also thinking about delegating. What is it that you can give to somebody else to do? Is it on somebody else's to-do list? Does it need to be on yours? Is it something that you have to do today? Like recording this podcast. That is something I have to do today and only I can do it. My team can't do it. They do stuff after I've recorded it, but this is one of my most important things and nobody else can do it for me. So that is a priority A for my day. So if you can look at doing your A's first up in the day, B's and so forth, then when things do get a bit railroaded and things get changed, then you've done the most important thing today. There's a book called The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. And that's a great book for talking about doing the one thing, how to pick it, how to choose it, and how to make it happen. Get your priorities straight. Know what it is that you need to do. 
and then that's going to start to make your time so much better. Making sure that you are balancing your time, making sure that you've got plenty of time for your coaching sessions, but also time for your business. You hear a lot of feast or famine in the coaching industry. You start and you get a few clients and that's great. Then you stop those activities that got you those clients because you're delivering the coaching. So you need to be thinking of things that can keep going so that your coaching isn't feast and famine. Making sure you've got a balance between your coaching activities and your business activities. Some of those business activities might be able to be batched or to be automated. Things like social media posts, they can definitely be automated. And using the applications with inside of Meta when you're doing Facebook and Instagram is really important. Also using that location inside of LinkedIn. Using their applications will get you better reach than using third party. When you're doing some of the others, you mightn't be able to be quite as scheduled or you might need to be a little bit more creative. And that brings me to batching. So quite often, it's a really great idea to do similar tasks together. So maybe you have days where you have your coaching sessions and do them one after another with small breaks in between if that's what suits you. And then you have other days where you do your business activities. You might have a day or a part of a day where you batch all your social media. If you're really clever, you might be able to do that for more than one week several weeks, and then maybe add just a few spasmodic things in between to keep it exciting. But batching things really helps our brain because we're not trying to switch between this task and that task and every other task and our brain's having to recalculate all the time. If we're in coaching mode and we're talking to three or four or five clients per day, whatever that good limit is for you, then it's much easier than switching between a coaching call and then doing some business and then maybe doing a bit of personal and then dropping in and out. That's one of the hardest things that people find working from home is that they jump between tasks and it can be very, very tiring, which is quite often why you feel very tired at the end of the day, even though you haven't done a lot. Your brain has been swapping and changing between tasks. So when you're thinking about batching, time blocking can be another great way. Okay, I've got coaching calls for this amount of time. I've got lunch and then I've got some more coaching calls or I've spent the morning doing my social media. Don't just have it as an open slather. Go, okay, my social media is going to be in two blocks of an hour. That's the time I'm going to allow because we've all heard about tasks expanding into the time that we're given. Parkinson's law, if you're given an hour to do something, quite often it will take that hour, whether you need it or not. And that's something to think about when you are doing your coaching sessions. If it is an hour, does it need to take an hour? Or sometimes people can wind it up much quicker. And as I mentioned before, you could ask them if they wanted another topic. Or did they get what they came for? And sometimes people are quite happy to grant in that extra 10 minutes that they didn't think they were going to get. So be respectful of people's time. Don't overcrowd it and try to make it go quicker when it's not. But also 
Make sure that you are doing that time management so that it doesn't spill over. And the same with your other tasks. Work out how long you think it's going to take. Maybe add a little bit more so that you're not trying to cram it into too much, but stick to that time because otherwise you can end up with time creep and that's when you're still doing things at eight, nine o'clock at night, which is not very balanced and not the best way to manage your time. So remember to leverage tools as well. So things like Asana and Trello, and there's lots of other project management tools, they can be really great. They can be great for scheduling. So setting up what you want to put in your social media. Sometimes when you sit in front of social media, you just see this notification or that notification, and it can be a real rabbit hole. So if you've got it all set up in something like Trello, you can see what posts you've got where, you can make sure that you're covering your main pillars, you can really see what's going on. And then you can literally copy and paste it into your meta business suite and then schedule it out. So thinking about those kinds of things, what tools can you use? Trello and Asana, There's, like I said, there's lots of others. They generally have a free component or they might have a trial. Most of them have some portion of it free. So start by using one of those and see how you go. Yes, it might be a bit of a learning curve, but it quite often can save you a lot of time. I also like the Pomeranda technique. It's where you work in bursts. So you can do it in 25 minutes or 50 minutes. I like 50 minutes. It just gives me that little bit more chunky time to be able to do it. So what you basically do is you set a timer for 50 minutes and then you pick a task that you're going to do. So it might be your most important task and then you do it for that 50 minutes. Now, if you're really sticking to it, you're not allowed to do anything else at all, even when that time's finished. Now, I don't think that's a really good way use of time. So if I finish earlier than my 50 minutes, then I will restart it and do a different task. But basically, it's so that you're not jumping around from task to task. You've got 50 minutes to do that task and off you go and do it. Then the timer goes off and then you've got 10 minutes where you can reward yourself. You can go and do your 250 steps for that hour, which is generally what I do. You might go and get a drink or that coffee that you've been hanging out for. You might just take some downtime. You might go walk outside. Whatever it is that you want to do to give yourself a bit of a reward, generally it's great to get up and move if you can because sitting down all day is one of the worst things that we can do as coaches and it's really not good for us. Avoiding burnout is a real key. Just pushing through and work, work, work it's only January. What are you going to feel like in March, April, by November? So plan this year, set out your goals, think about your time management and make sure that you are looking after yourself to avoid that burnout so that you can get longevity out of your coaching career, so that you can make money and so that it's really going to sustain you, your family and your clients. It's not going to help anybody if you burn out. So do have that work-life balance. Bring in some exercise so that you are moving around because there is way too many coaches that are not looking after themselves. So please, don't you add to that list. Regularly do that self-checkup. Do that self-assessment. 
Has my time sort of creeped a bit? Am I not getting the things done? Have I forgotten to turn the timer on more than once today? Do I need to make that 50 minutes a much harder thing? Just do that self-reflection. Just do a little checkup. Make sure that you're not missing those big things because work-life balance really is very important. And if you need to, seek professional help. And as a coach, we know you should have a coach. So thinking about an area where you need a coach. And when you're starting out, there's lots of cheap ways to do it. But investing in coaching, as we know, is the way that you're going to grow. So look into the, the coaching associations, look into maybe doing some reciprocal coaching with other people. But don't spend all your time doing that because that's not going to grow your business. It's probably not going to grow your skill level a whole heap either. So you need to be getting out there and coaching clients, clients that will pay you, clients that are not just doing you a favour, clients that are looking for a result for themselves. So think about your time management about how you can make this business a thriving business and not just a hobby. Now, if you like this sort of content, it's actually chapter 11 in the Coach's Marketing Roadmap about how to balance your life, balancing your life for long-term coaching success. So making sure that you are looking after yourself. So thank you very much. Remember, same time, same place, and please do share it with your friends. Download it, subscribe if you haven't, and we are continually adding them to YouTube too. Remember, SPT community, enjoy your journey. Hey, did you enjoy this podcast? Why don't you go and check out the Coach's Marketing Roadmap, your step-by-step guide to accelerate your journey to a thriving coaching business. Thecoachesmarketingroadmap.com.au And don't forget to subscribe to Small Business Talk for Coaches podcast. Go to smallbusinesstalk.com.au for all the show notes from this episode. Remember, coaches, to be great, you must start. Pick one tip from today's episode. Take action and implement it. Coaches, you've got this. Let's meet again next week at the same time and place. Remember, just start. One step at a time, take consistent action and enjoy your journey.